0: Our Father and our God. Yes, Lord, you do know. That is the question that many of us ask. Where are you, O God? There are times in our lives we go through trials and tribulations and we ask that question, O God. But what I like about what my brother says, you, 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 you know. You know. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength, and you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to open up God's word. I want you to invite you to stand with me right now. And then I want to ask you just to stretch with me. Just stretch. One, two, and, and stretch with me. Oh, put I want everyone to stretch. Everyone should be standing. Stretch. Amen. Amen. We know that if you're going to be successful, you got to stretch. S is for stretch. You may be seated in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about today when God stretches your comfort zone. I'm going to talk about today when God stretches your comfort zone. In the book of Acts, I know you've got your Bibles with you. You wouldn't come here looking so good and not having a word with you. That's a part of you looking good. Somebody ought to say amen. Acts chapter 11. And I'm going to simply just read verses 1 through 4. I want to encourage you during your quiet moments, like my brother said, you know, you have the Bible on your chest and and hopefully you'll be awake alive and you won't fall asleep on it. But uh, so turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not falling asleep today. Now, the apostle and brethren, verse one. Who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, circumcision contended with him, saying, you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. Verse four. But Peter explained. To them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance, I saw a vision and an object ascending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, No, so Lord, for nothing common or unclean has it any time entered my mouth? But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. When God stretches your comfort zone. It was Ralph Walden Emerson who truthfully and triumphant and suggested that a foolish consistency is a hobgoblin of a weak mind. In a real sense, Emerson was exclaiming that many times we find ourselves doing what we do simply because we have always done it that way. In a real sense, there are many of us that are honest with ourselves who do certain things and perform certain routines that become ritualistic at best and rut at worst with little or no meaning except for the fact that it is comfortable. In a real sense, listen to me, there are those of us, if we're honest with ourselves, who have a terrible fixation with the familiar. Yes, we are captives of changelessness. In a real sense, there are those of us, if if we're honest with ourselves, who have such a strong fixation with the familiar that we readily identify with the fact that not only uh, can you not teach an old dog new tricks, but you can't teach a lot of folks new tricks at all. I'm simply trying to suggest, my brothers and sisters, that, that we have a fixation with the familiar, and our fixation basically grows out of the fact that which we have always done brings a certain level of comfort. And so we strain and we stress when we are stretched because it is taking us out of our comfort zone. You see, we are comfortable doing it that way, Sister McGlover, because we've always done it that way. We are comfortable. Let me illustrate this idea and and show you how we settle as slaves slaves of sameness. I believe it was Charles Dutton uh, years ago, the star of the celebrated show. Remember Rock before I went off the air? Uh, Charles Dutton, who was an ex-con. I don't know if you knew that. Charles Dutton, if you recall, was a graduate of Yale. In a real sense, Charles Dutton went from jail to Yale. He was interviewed shortly after graduating from Yale and, and, and becoming, uh, 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 he became a television star. And someone asked him, Mr. Dutton, why is it that you have not become like so many others who have left jail? You know, repeat offenders. Why haven't you gone back to, to, the, to the system? Why haven't you gone back to jail in spite of the fact that so many who go to jail end up going back shortly after they are released? Why is it that you have not gone back to jail, to which Charles Dutton insightfully interprets the reason I have not gone back, I will not go back, is because while I was in jail, I never decorated my jail cell. In other words, I did not make the tragic mistake of confusing my cell with a condo. I, I did not make uh, the. Uh, I did not uh, confuse the fact that my my prison was my path. I, I never did make myself a home, incarcerated in jail. And my brothers and sisters, I, uh, whatever else I'm trying to suggest, there are many of us who are slaves to sameness. We we find ourselves engaged in foolish consistency. Why? Because we have come to decorate the cell of changelessness. And consequently, it is comfortable. And that's why Harriet Tubman could say, while I was attempting to set slaves free, I freed, I freed thousands, could have freed thousands more if they had only known they were slaves. They had every evidence that they were slaves. They had chains on their hands and shackles on their feet. But in spite of all the evidence, they prefer, prefer security to liberty. So they sacrifice their freedom. Because I've never done it that way. How many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have settled into and accepted Less than what God has designed for you. How many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, uh, we are basically going along just to get along? And thus it goes back to, to when God says, I come that you may have life. And like I shared with you before, he uses that word, uh, not bio, but zoe. Bio is just mere existence. I'm just here. But he says, no, how many of you all want that passionate life? But somewhere along the line, we have decorated the cell of some circumstance. Yes, yes. And so you cannot move forward because you're stuck in that cell. I'm just not comfortable. I don't want to stretch my mind any more than it needs to be stretched. I'm comfortable with where I am. You have settled into a cell by which you are incarcerated and vocational frustration. You know you're in a dead-end job. You know there is no way for you to move from where you are to where God would have you to be, but yet it's a check. But day in and, and day out, you're complaining about your job, but you continue to go to that same job because you're afraid to move forward. slave to Satan somebody is a slave in, in terms of your inter, inter, intellectuality in a real sense your, your mind has not grasped anything new since the day you left high school I mean no new book has been read you can't even pick up the paper anymore can't even work a, a, a computer because you're afraid to stretch yourself and you think the same old thoughts and now you have found yourself basically stunted intellectually and academically some of you all are a slave to that same old relationship he don't love you you don't love him but you're stuck. You know you need to go to counseling. You know you need to at least pick up a book that's going to help you move forward in your relationship, but you're stuck. And you're doing it the same old way. Some of us are content in being ignorant. And we're still decorating the sale of ignorance. Then somebody here in terms of their walk with God. If you're honest with yourself, you are content with just coming to church, sitting, looking, sleeping, and then leaving. You really have no desire to walk with God like you should. You just want to make sure you come to church enough Sabbaths. To, to secure enough brownie points. So somehow, some way, when, when Christ comes, that, that he'll look at your ledger and, and say, oh, they've come to church enough Sabbath, so maybe I'll take them back to glory. Well, I may as well park here and, and drop this bomb on you. You are not going to get into the kingdom by just coming to church on Sabbath. Jesus said, if, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me daily. But how many of us in a real sense are, is like that brother who went to heaven's department store? And after getting to the counter and, and, and said, and Jesus says, may, may I help you? He said, I, I want to buy three dollars worth of God, please. Don't give me enough, God, to explode my soul. Don't give me enough, God, to disturb my sleep. Don't give me enough, God, to make me love my neighbor as myself. Don't give me enough, God, to forge relationships with those that have less than what I have. Don't give me enough, God, to make any changes in my life. I just want a pound of the Savior in a paper sack. Just $3 worth of God, please. I need to let you know that you can't make it to glory on $3 worth of God. You can't get into the kingdom With $3 worth of God. Jesus would remind us in the words of St. Augustine, if he's not Lord of all, he doesn't want to be Lord at all. All I'm trying to say is that that somebody has settled in a cell of stunted saint growth. But I really need to go ahead and and move on because I I know that what God wants to do is he wants to move you. Amen, Emoni? To the next level, I've got some good news for you. Come on to our text and discover that the comfort zone of the early church had been stretched. News had reached the people who had been circumcised on the gospel grapevine. That Peter, that Pentecost preacher, Peter, one of the leaders of the early church, had been kicking it with some Gentiles. Listen to this now, surely he wasn't hanging out with them folks, folks who didn't have the same culture class and sophistication, them folks, Gentiles, folks who don't look like us, Gentiles, folks who don't think like us, Gentiles, folks who don't walk like us, Uh, Gentiles, Um, folks who don't talk like us, Uh, Gentiles, Peter was kicking it, he had his nerve to be kicking it with some Gentiles. and the Bible says that Peter said, you need to take a chill pill. For in verse 1 through 18, after being criticized, Peter stands up and says, chill, because I come to recognize something. All of us know Jesus, not because we've earned it, but because of his amazing grace. If you really want to be technical, none of us deserve to be saved. As a matter of fact, if we're honest with ourselves, Charles Spurgeon says hell wouldn't be good enough for any of us. And so Peter teaches us something here. Whenever your comfort zone gets stretched, when it gets stretched, oftentimes it happens in a crisis. Let me say crisis. When your life is turned upside down, crisis. When things go wrong, crisis. When you receive a phone call uh, with news that is not as, as positive as you want it to be, Crisis. When you get a call about your job and, and you discover that there's a pink slip instead of a paycheck, a crisis. You receive ho- news from home that all is not well with your family, crisis. But also changes uh, takes place when crisis happens. It teaches us oftentimes. For the Bible says, count it all joy. You remember that, sir. When you fall into divers, come on. Temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh. Do I have any Bible students in here? When you go through crisis, it God also, it allows us to change our situations. And if it doesn't change our situations, it definitely will change your mindset. Because when you're going through a crisis... Even if you can't change that, your attitude has to change. God wants to stretch you. God wants to stretch you into a a brand new individual. God wants to to stretch you. But, But what I've discovered is the reason why many of us go through crisis and the reason why God allows us to be stretched is because oftentimes we're still stuck on our own agenda. See, God is trying to move you to the next level. But you only see your horizons. And what God wants to do is God wants to put you on his agenda. God wants to uh, expand your horizons. God wants to give birth to to a brand new life. And God wants to take you to a brand new level. Let me make that plain. As the Bible says, an ego Steereth up her nest. You know that text in Deuteronomy, don't you? Bible readers. That's what God does to us. Can you imagine how that baby eagle must feel on that faded day when for years they've been chilling in the warmth and protection of the mother's nest? And all of a sudden the mother says, You've got to go. You got to be kicked out. And so that mother kicks them out of that nest and, and they're trying to flap their wings and they start to fall. But thank God that mama's right there and mama can fly so fast. And the mama swoops on down and picks up that baby eagle and takes them back to the nest. But, you know. Maybe that next day. Mama's got to kick them out again because they've got to learn to fly. And that's what happens when we go through trials and tribulations and crisis in life. It's not that God is trying to dog you out. It's not that God is trying to turn his back on you. But God is trying to kick you out of the nest so you can learn to fly. That's what God does for his children. God wants to move you to the point where you can fly on your own. here's my first point, and then I'm going to move on. Here's my first point. I only got a couple of points today. Here's my first point. When God stretches you, the text says, listen to this. He allows you to be stretched by altering your agenda, by knocking down walls in your life. Let me hear you say walls. 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 We build walls. That's what the early church had done. That's what they were dealing with. We're going to separate ourselves. Walls. They build walls. Let me hear you say walls. You see, they only thought that at that day the Jews would be the only ones that would be saved. That's the issue. How could you be kicking it with the Gentiles? Only the Jews can be saved. Walls. And I dare say that's what's wrong with many of us. We've built some walls. we built walls instead of bridges of service in the lives of those who need them the most. Walls you got walls in your own life when you get wrapped up in your own agendas and consequently you are so concerned with buying things uh, that, you, that you don't need with money that you don't have to impress folks you don't even like. Why? Because you're so busy, wrapped up in making a living that you really don't even have a life. you've got no time to be a blessing to anybody else because you're only on your agenda. It's only about you. And so you built up walls. Peter said, you're all mad because you're kicking it with the Gentiles. He says, you're mad, but he says, I'm tearing down those walls. I'm stretching myself because I know that God is trying to take me to a brand new level. God said, tear down them walls. He said, get out of church on Sabbath. Get into the community. Make a difference in the lives of people. God says, watch this. What I've done for you, you've got to be willing to do for others. I know you're looking good and you're comfortable in here. But what God has done for you, you've got to do it for others. God said tear down them walls, make a difference. You can't stay in here. Here's my sub point. Then I'm going to move on to my second point. Sub point is how does God do that? God, watch, let me tell you what he does. God will allow somebody close to you to get exposed. Now he's trying to tear down them walls. And God is trying to move you to a brand new level. So you really don't want him to hit you. But what he does is he allows the person next to you, oftentimes, to be exposed. And see, he does that because he's trying to tap you on the shoulder before he comes your way. You know how stubborn we are? Lord, I'm not going to change. This is who I am. You can't move me. He said, all right, watch this. Person on your job. And the thing about it is, God is moving, but your eyes are still closed. Well, it wasn't me. It's not me. See, but what God does, God allows the people next to you something. Because oftentimes, God is trying to show you something. God is trying to move you to a brand new level. But oftentimes, we get focused only on ourselves. And that's the issue. you got to stop thinking about yourself and think about those around you. And then know by helping someone else around you, those big walls you're building, God will bless you for reaching out and helping others. I'm going to move on, and I'm through my last point here. Number one, he tears down walls. He builds bridges. Number two, here's this, my last point, is that when God stretches your comfort zone, what he does is oftentimes we discover that when he stretches us, we try to resist. But when we resist him, God can't redeem you like he wants to redeem you. Because when he stretches you, it allows him to redemptively redeem you. Somebody ought to say amen. Because what God is doing, he is setting the next stage for your life. As a musician comes and plays, that's what I love about what God does when he stretches you. Because what God is trying to do is God is trying to move you to the next level. God is trying to set up just the right scene for you. God is trying to fix those things in your life by stretching you. I tell people every now and then, I said, you know, I never, ever have any bad days. But I definitely have challenging days. I have challenging days because God says, now, yes, your challenge. but because it's a challenge, I give you the power that you can overcome that challenge. Somebody today, God is stretching you. He's stretching you as it relates to your finances. He's stretching you as it relates to your fitness. But you're still stuck into those things that are common. I can't eat that. I've never eaten that before. God says, I'm going to expand your horizons. I'm going to do something for you that has never been done before. In the process, yes, you're going to be stretched. But see, I don't stretch you to break you. Here it is. He says, I stretch you to bless you. That's my word today. God just wants to bless you. God just wants to make you whole. God just wants to move you. Yes, the second Sabbath of the new year. You may be stretched already. I don't know how I'm going to pay those bills. I don't know how I'm going to get I was talking to my sister and she was telling me the other day, I don't know how I'm going to get through school. She's working on a master. She says, "I got so much on my plate." I said, "Stay focused. You'll make it." You can't speak those things into existence. I can't. Cannot be a part of your vocabulary. You can't say those things. It's got to be I can do it through the power of God. I'm going to be stretched but I'm going to make it. That's my word this morning. Many of you all, maybe someone here, you've been stretched. You've been stretched this week. Not just this year already, but this week. You've been stretched. And you say, Lord, I know that I'm going through something right now, but you're stretching me for my good. If that's you, won't you just stand with me? You've been stretched, but you're saying, God, I'm not looking for you to break me. I'm just looking for that blessing. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, I've been stretched, but I'm blessed. Praise the Lord. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for stretching us. Because even though we're being stretched, oh God, we know through the power of the Lord, the power of God, we are being blessed. There's a blessing in our stretching. Thank you, God. Because I know that what you're trying to do is set the new scene, the new scene in our lives, oh God, that what we've seen before is going to be in the past. But what you're establishing is going to be new and we walk in the newness of life, praising you, thanking you for your blessings. You're an awesome and mighty God. Thank you, Lord, for working in our lives. Thank you, O God, for stretching us outside of our comfort zones. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment of meditation.